We start the Dexter Didi series today um, with a, a very raging debate about genetically modified foods versus organic foods and the whole political movement behind the two. So we have a geneticist with us to talk and we're going to have a very honest and educative conversation on that. So stay tuned. Joy, welcome to the Mashup 233 podcast. Um, we've been trying to do this for, for a while, but um, finally, it's, it's, we've been able to. How did you get into the field you, you are in? Or, or what, what's to, before we even get there, what, what exactly is your, is your um, you know, designation or something like that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Um I am currently studying plant breeding okay. at uh, the West African Center for Crop Improvement, Alagon. Okay, all right. Waki right. for short. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yes, so, so. Yeah. Okay. Great. Is how, how did you how do you get into this field? Because I mean, ideally, um, it sounds very scientific and very <laughs> very. <laughs> You know, um, when we think of well, you know, courses, how did how did you end up there? Okay, well, I guess um, I should say it started with my journey in the field of ag- agriculture. Okay. So, um, you know, after JSS, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Okay. But then I knew I had the love for plants. So okay. I was like, okay, why not venture okay. into agriculture? Um, but you know, it's it's not really common for girls, especially, right, to engage in agriculture. So, yeah. I a lot of people were telling me, Oh, um, I should do arts or mm. I should do medicine, but mm. yeah, so I studied agriculture in secondary school, and then for my bachelor's, I continued with agriculture. Um, with the intention of um, specializing in landscape design, because I was I loved horticulture. I wanted to study flowers and you I really do like plants. Also... What, what's, 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 what's the obsession with plants? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. I think plants have always interested me since I was a kid. So mm, was, as a kid I remember just taking leaves and then grinding it, trying to squeeze uh water out of the leaves, trying to like, you know, like Dexter's laboratory or something like that. Trying to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah, I, I don't know. I just yeah. So 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 my I mean, aim was to mm, do mm. sorry. No no please go on, please go on. Yes, my aim was to focus on landscape designing. Right. Mm. But then um, I was advised that, you know, in our part of the world, we have more pressing issues than beautifying mm. <laughs> our environment. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then as I ventured into the course, I studied genetics. Mm. And then I, was, I, I became fascinated with genetics. So I was like, okay, uh, maybe I can do something around that. Name. So I decided to do plant biotechnology, and in the end, I focused on plant breeding, which uh, kind of encompasses uh, plant biotechnology, genetics, plant physiology, like everything about the plant. Mm. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean to be to be very honest, I think like when for. For some people, um, hearing those <laughs> terms put together makes it sound like a sci- like first thing that comes to mind is a sci-fi movie. You know, you're hearing biotech, bio, yeah. you're hearing um, genetics, and you're so what's what, what what's what's genetic modification? Because I mean, like I said, uh, if we if we mm-hmm. use the um, sci-fi analogy, um, mm-hmm. it's it sounds weird and scary, right? So what is yes. it? Oh yeah, what's 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 okay. it? Mm. Okay, so um I think to give you the clearer picture, I have to 
first explain what a gene is or i think everybody knows that okay or do Take i need a, to explain yeah you, you can explain can, okay yeah yeah so um Okay, so let me let me give you this perspective. Let's take the human body. Right. Okay, so we have the human body mm. and then the body within the human body you can find systems. We have the respiratory system, mm, right. we have the digestive, digestive system, we yes. have the circulatory system. Mm. Yes. So let's take um, the digestive system for example. Mm. The digestive system has organs. Mm-hmm. that makes up the system so we have the stomach we have the esophagus we have your mouth your tongue you know all of that the small intestine the large intestines and then when you take the organ an organ is made up of tissues so if you take for example your stomach you have several tissues you know mm. the tissue that is lining your tummy and then i'm sure If you go deeper, the medical uh, students can tell you we have several tissues making up your stomach. So if you take a tissue, now your tissue is made up of cells, and you now take the cell. We have in the cell. The cell has the nucleus, and in the nucleus of the cell, we have DNA. So the gene is actually just uh, some portions of the DNA that contains information for the body to use. So let's take a gene as a form of language that the body understands. And the gene is a way the body communicates with itself. So the gene has all the information that the body requires to function so that's okay, what so the gene ex- is so explaining it like a explaining it to me as though i was a five-year-old right um mm-hmm. a gene is like it's just a language the body understands right yes okay and so which has all mm-hmm. the information the body requires to function okay okay yes and it is also a way of um let's say transferring that information from the parents to the offspring mm-hmm. so when they say someone looks like their dad or someone looks like their mom mm. it's because their father or mom has given that child that their, particular their information gene. yes uh-huh that looks like them or that's you know resembles them so that mm. the gene is what is transferred to the next generation mm. and so it's like transfer of uh, information interesting yeah interesting so so one mm-hmm. yeah so you you're comparing the plant breeding to eugenics right like the human um like the human genetic system right okay. is it the same yeah. thing is it is it on the same level um actually when we talk okay well genes are universal dna okay. is universal okay so what does that mean what does you uni- find, universal mean so okay. it means that okay so um like i said that uh, gene or the dna is a set of language so mm. it's made up of four alphabets let's say that it's made up of four alphabets mm. and these alphabets combine in certain ways that carry information mm. so different combinations give us ah. different information okay okay so okay. if you take the dna of a plant if you take the dna of a human being if you take the dna of let's say amoeba mm. it's the same Okay. It's the same in the sense that it's made up of the same alphabets, okay. which is A, T, G, and C. Okay. Yes. But so it's when the you take combinations that differ. Yes, it's the com- yes, the combination of these alphabets that differs. So essentially, you're saying that <laughs> um, plants and human beings are, in terms of DNA, are the same, but yes. Wow. And wow. <laughs> that is where evolution 
actually it's evolution you know the theory of evolution mm. comes about because mm. we say that um evolution occurs through natural selection mm. and then that is where we have the theory of survival of the fittest right so those whose dna um give them an advantage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are the ones who are able to survive and um let's say produce the next generation mm-hmm. so if maybe the, the um the alphabet these four alphabets combine in a way that gives you an advantage let's take for example um maybe there's a drought right mm-hmm. and then the plants who are able to survive this drought because of the way their their dna is or let, let's say the way these alphabets are combined mm-hmm. those the plants that are able to survive this drought they are the ones that are able to produce the next generation of plants mm-hmm. and the ones that are not able to survive the drought period they die out Mm. So this is where we have natural selection. That means the plant genes is able to confer it's a kind of resistance mm. that it can't survive this drought period and therefore mm. produce the next generation. So if you go maybe two generations you realize that the number of plants that you started with probably let's say there were three plants but then in the next two or three generations you see that there's only one plant that you have that means that one plant has been selected to produce the next generation so right. that's just what evolution is so about, so you're yeah. saying that based on everything you're saying you're 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 implying that biology is stronger than environment or anatomy is stronger than environment well hmm not necessarily not necessarily because yes so when we take an individual mm. that's what makes up your physical components your mm. features mm. your maybe blue eyes or brown eyes or black hair dark skin whatever makes up your physical components is mm. a result of your genetic makeup and the interaction with the environment mm dependent some traits are affected or influenced by the environment some traits are not for example mm. if you take um let's say height or weight right mm. weight is a uh, that's if we see you physically you can be thin or fat to say or intermediate mm. so some people have genes that predisposes them to weight gain. Mm. Yes. And that one they might all or to weight loss. So there are some people who are thin no matter what they eat. Mm. So the food they eat doesn't really change their physique. So did they inherit some, a good metabolism or they just inherited a gene yes. that makes them slim? Which which of them? It's it could be either because okay. either okay. could make you slim. Okay. So okay. then that's when now you have to find out okay why is this person slim? Is it because of this or is it because of that? Okay. But then physically either could work. But when we see you physically we can't tell whether it's because you you had uh, genes or maybe bio, um, let's say biochemistry your metabolism is faster or is it the DNA itself that is making you slim? So yes. can that be found out like in a lab? Like is that is that possible? Yes, you can. Really? You can find out. Yes. So there is something I don't know if you know of the uh, what you call it is it human project or human genome project? Yes, I've heard about yes, I've heard about that. Yes. So but can you explain to the, the to the to to people who don't know about it? Okay. So the human genome is it was a project um whereby a group of scientists Mm. um decided to sequence the dna of humans mm-hmm. so i think they sequenced i don't know exactly how many uh, human beings but a number of human beings and then they were able to find the base like, let's say the basic um dna sequence of the human of course 
depending on the person's physique, there will be some changes. Because, for example, maybe the gene for eye color, we have several forms of the gene. So we, some people have brown eyes, some people have blue eyes, some people have hazel green, you know. And so because of that, that means that the DNA for the eye color or the gene for the eye color combines differently to give these uh, different phenotypes. So the gene for eye color would be a bit different from person to person. But then we have the, let's say, basic DNA sequence for all human beings. Mm. So that's what the Human Genome Project was about. And they were able to find out that we have approximately 25,000 genes that's in the human body. Mm. Wow. Wow. So so if, if you're saying natural selection is such that like it's it's survival of the fittest. Yeah, or the survival of the fittest naturally selects um, plants or human beings. Why then do genes have to be modified? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yes. When we talk about uh, a genetically modified organism, mm. is an organism whose uh, genetic makeup has been altered mm-hmm. using, uh, let's say, genetic engineering. And right. so you would ask, what is genetic? Yeah. Once again, so, sounds very sci-fi. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> okay, so let's say genetic engineering is just a, a technique used mm. to change or remove or add to the DNA of an organism. Mm. And so, there are several techniques that okay. are used for that. So when, but when you say GMO, basically it's just an organism whose DNA has been altered. So, right. yes. Okay. So it has been altered for, um, yeah, for so it could be altered for, for better benefit. or for worse, right? Um, yes. But then, yes, of course, it can be altered for better or for worse. But okay. the aim here is for better. Okay. So yes, I, I yeah, because okay, so, okay, please go on, mm-hmm. yeah, please go on. No, I'll, yeah. So I was going to say that um, altering an organism's genetic composition mm. it takes a lot of time and a lot okay. of research. So okay. um, I don't see why someone would take that amount of time, research, and money to alter a plant for worse. It's usually because there's a benefit that we want to achieve and then be able to capitalize on that. Okay. So, so, so yes. um, the, so when we, le- I mean, when when I think when we're in GSS, we learned something about budding and grafting. Will you call that um, genetic engineering? Like, so taking no. maybe a, a part of another plant, putting it together, mm-hmm. um, put it like cutting another plant and then putting the two together and mm-hmm. then they bring out this interesting um mix combination yes. yeah called combination yeah. okay well um that is not genetic engineering okay that is just plant engineering plant so engineering. that's why i gave the analogy of the human being with the you know from the system down mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. dna level mm-hmm. yeah so genetic engineering is just at the gene level okay Yes. Have you heard of the pomato? Pomato? Yes. No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> it is a graph between the potato and then the tomato. Wow. So, and that is plant engineering. And That's plant you know, engineering. You, 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 okay. Yes, you end up with a plant that is that produces potatoes you know, tubers, potato tubers, um, and then tomatoes above it. So you have wow. two plants. Yes, two plants in one. It's, wow. <laughs> yes, so that is an example of plant engineering. But then when we talk about genetic engineering, we are just making the changes at the genetic level. Okay, that's that's fair. 
Yes. So are, are, yeah. are, are genetically modified foods safe to eat? Because that's like a, yes. a, a, a matter of contention right now because um, mm-hmm. everyone, I mean, we are recently hearing about, um, I don't know whether that falls under, you know, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but we are hearing about mm-hmm. uh, synthetic meat and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So you hear things about like G, um, GMOs and the fact that abroad it's they are told to label the foods and state mm-hmm. like this is GMO, this is organic. Do you think that whole what, what do you think about that whole debate and and and, and why mm-hmm. would you think that um, organic is 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 as equal to GMO, for example? Okay. Um. Actually, the whole GMO debate is, is quite subjective. Okay. But can, can you explain? Um, okay, so let me put it this way. Mm. The concerns raised about GMO, mm-hmm. they are legitimate concerns. Okay. And with, um, you know, every new technology... Mm. Or yes, there's definitely the pros and then the cons. The cons, okay. But then we adopt a technology because the pros outweigh the cons. Okay. So, for example, let me just use the internet. For example, mm. would you say the internet is bad? You want an answer? Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so, um, so I don't think the internet has been bad. Um, However, I think that some of its um, cons are so strong that mm-hmm. and 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 weren't weren't um, weren't factored in all of this, and mo- most of the things we've come to know of it are act are after the fact, and we are dealing with the consequences of it like on a large scale. Not to yeah. say that um, the pros. Or there aren't pros. Actually, there are lots of pros. But then the, the the few cons, or maybe one con of it, is like pronounced, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I that's a that's how I f- or that's how a lot of people feel about um, GMO, um, genetic mm-hmm. genetically modified foods as well. So, but you were saying you were saying it's subjective because the pros outweigh the cons, right? Yes. Um. Actually. For the cons, okay. Mm. So let me put it this way: the technology in itself is not bad. Okay. You know, a lot of you hear a lot of these uh, misconceptions. They'll tell you that as for GMO, it's just chemicals. You know, mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. chemicals. Yeah, we hear. <laughs> and then, he, but actually, it's not. Okay. It's actually okay. So it, it's um, a tool under biotechnology. Okay. And what biotechnology basically is, is you are using an organism mm. or part of the organism mm. or a biological process mm. for the benefit of mankind. Okay. So biotechnology is something that actually started a long time ago before it was even given the name biotechnology. Mm. An example is when you are making bread, you know, it's a form of classical biotechnology because bread, you, you yes bread wow. yes bread wine cheese yogurt okay the fermentation it's, bit exactly because <laughs> naturally condo doesn't ferment on its own okay yes it's not something that happens in nature bread doesn't just happen in nature mm. do you get it yeah it's something that human beings intentionally introduce yeast Mm. into a product so Mm. for bread you introduce yeast which Mm -hmm, is an organism mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you introduce yeast into the dough Mm -hmm. and then you know the fermentation process and it rises Mm -hmm, and everything mm -hmm. for wine you introduce yeast yeast into the juice Mm -hmm. and then the yeast feed on the sugar and then they produce this whole thing called fermentation. Same with yogurt. Mm. Same with yogurt, same with cheese. Mm. So 
biotechnology is something that human beings have been using for a long time. Okay. The same way when we talk about manipulation of plants, mm. it's something that human beings have been doing from the get-go. So um, I don't know if, you know, we talk about the history of agriculture. I just want to, to give you a perspective mm. and then why GMO is needed in our current dispensation. So, you know, before we talk about the hunters and then the gatherers, right. man was just going around picking whatever he finds mm. as food. Mm. But then as the population grew, there was the need to intentionally grow food mm. to feed the population. Mm. So that is where domestication came about. And through domestication, also, you know, domestication came with the discrimination or selection. Mm. So what man did was, I have there are different kinds of, let's say, corn. Right. But then which corn produces the biggest crops with the largest grains? Because mm. I want enough food to feed my family. Mm. The corns that do not produce enough grains, I discard them. Mm. And then the ones that produce large grains, I save them and I plant them the next season. Right. So, you know, there's, we have this discrimination and then selection. And that was the way man domesticated a lot of crops. So even before GMO, we were kind of manipulating crops. Mm. So you realize that probably the, the, the corn that was discarded because it didn't have large grains, it could have had high disease resistance. Okay. But because it didn't have large grains, the farmer did not select it. And then he chose a corn with large grains, but then unfortunately that corn is susceptible to diseases. Mm. So in a way, we were kind of manipulating the whole crop system. So with domestication came about what we term as uh, conventional farming. And I don't know if you have you heard of the green revolution. No, I haven't. Okay, so the Green Revolution was a period in, uh, it, I think it happened around the 1960s, 1970s, where the population growth was, um, it was um, how it projected to surpass the amount of food produced globally. Mm. So there was this fear that there was going to be a worldwide farming mm. because the population was increasing at a very fast pace. Mm. But then here we are, we have, uh, we are stuck on this earth. We don't have any other alternative. Mm. We have limited resources. Mm. The land does not increase. Mm. If you know the water cycle also, water is recycled. Mm. We don't have ex extra water coming in. Mm. So all the water on earth is just recycled. So our resources are limited. Mm. But then the population keeps growing. Mm. And so there was this fear that the rates at which we are producing food will not be enough to feed the whole world. Mm. And still we have that uh, fear. Or It's not just a fear. It's actually a pending issue. It's a problem. Because um, the world is projected right now we are around 7.7 .7 billion mm. and it's projected that by 2050 we are going to be nine 9.5 billion or so mm. and half of the increase in population is going to come from africa mm -hmm. unfortunately in africa even though about 60 percent of the population relies on agriculture we are not able to meet uh, our food production potential okay, because so, of so many factors. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly, exactly. I'm glad you mentioned the so many factors. So, do you think that we aren't looking at these other factors um, more than we are fixated on the fact that, or fixated mm -hmm. on some irrational fear that um, um, there's a point where we are going to 
kill ourselves because of food. I mean, let me let me give you an example. Um, if you take, um, I don't I don't know the most recent uh, study that was done by maybe the Food and Agric Ministry, for example. But if you take the amount of post-harvest losses, right, um, that occur amongst like farmers, and you even take uh, the lack of um storage right proper like storage facilities in most african countries for for farm produce and stuff like that mm-hmm. so how how then do we justify you know um the fact that okay there's no food but there is food and maybe we are just allowing the food to go to waste there's also um there are also allegations of countries just throwing food away like in the high mm-hmm. at the, like in the at the high seas or on the high seas sorry to to maintain trade balance <laughs> like so okay. to ensure that there's not an um overproduction of um food like everywhere um to make food cheap right i mean there are all these things factors like you're saying and so why okay. then does it become like very important that okay there's no food which i do agree that's i do agree with that um threat mm-hmm. because of populated the, the growing um, rate of population but then again if we are not addressing these factors why then do we think this one is of this is the grand solution to this problem yeah okay so um i agree with you um the factors affecting food security is multifaceted it's not just the fact that we are not able to produce food mm. so it's actually social factors political factors mm. economic factors especially in africa here like you mentioned post harvest losses is it's very serious about 50 percent of the food we produce exactly it's huge that's huge yeah so Currently, there is enough food to feed the whole world. Mm-hmm. If everything was ideal, if mm-hmm. our food mm-hmm. systems were working ideally, we have enough food to feed the whole world mm-hmm. currently. But like I said, the population is projected to rise. Okay. Right now, because of poor infrastructure, mm-hmm. because of uh, lack, because of low income, mm-hmm. because of poor health which mm-hmm. is as a result of so many other factors because especially climate change mm-hmm. and all of this is as a result of man's um activities right activities you know right. wanting more producing mm-hmm. more earning more so consumerism right yes because when the population increases that means our demand for water energy food mm. oh, it also increases right. and all of this has um uh, negative effects on our environment okay. because at the moment our agricultural activities they are not sustainable okay. so the reason why we are focusing on gmo and not only gmo actually if we want to address food security like i said it's multifaceted so we have to mm. address it as you know, a whole holistic approach. Yeah. Yes. But then for me, I'm a researcher, scientist okay. in the making. Okay. okay. So my focus will be on what I can do. Right. Right. And so we know that this is it, it requires a holistic approach. So mm-hmm. This is where this now is you the solving your aspect, right? Like where you feel you can actually, solve. Actually, that is that is what was done in the past, and okay. then right now we realize that it actually isn't solving anything. So, okay. for example, the whole issue with GMO is because mm. there was lack of communication. Okay. So the scientist was in his lab doing something nobody mm. knew about. In the end, he came out that oh yeah, here is GMO. Okay. And so because there was lack of communication and you know, fear of the unknown, people mm-hmm, are afraid mm-hmm. of what they don't know. That's true. So, and because uh, b- people use that ignorance, mm. they capitalize on that ignorance to benefit themselves, especially true. companies who would benefit from uh, the use of pesticides, the use of okay. fertilizer, okay. the okay. use of 
So I'm coming to why we need GMO. Okay. So you know, um, uh, actually, we have this new technology called gene editing. Yes, I've heard about gene which, editing. Expl- explain yeah, it to so, us like a child. Like, <laughs> is it like editing okay. in on a computer? <laughs> okay. So mm. the difference between GMO and gene editing, mm. well, they all have to do with manipulating manipulation of the gene. Okay. Yes at the genetic level okay so the difference is that for gmo you are introducing like i said you are introducing um a foreign gene Mm -hmm. yes you are introducing a foreign gene into the dna of the organism Mm -hmm. to make it better but to make it better so for example if you have uh, what's your favorite food fruit or vegetable hmm that's a tough one um let me see let me see let me see let's take a banana yeah banana okay yeah. what don't you like about the banana okay no if if, if you want something i'll, I'll have some a bad rep or it's a watermelon the seeds are too many <laughs> many seeds yeah. yes do you know that actually uh seedless watermelons well i've heard about them and how healthy are they they are very healthy. Mm-hmm. Just like the normal watermelon, it says that it doesn't have seeds. And even for the production of seedless uh, uh, foods, it doesn't even require gene editing or GMO. Okay. It's, it's, there is a, um, a process whereby naturally some plants do not produce seeds. So naturally, there are plants that do not produce seeds because of that process. I think is it parthenocopy or something? Yeah. So you can we we are able to adopt. Okay. So we realize that okay, this is the process the plant undergoes to not produce seed. So whatever factors that are involved, you can now look at um, the gene that is responsible for that. And then you can introduce that gene into the crop of your choice. Mm. Yes. But so let's take, um, no, let me use a different um, crop. Let's say tomatoes. Okay. You know, tomatoes do not usually last long. We have. True. Um, a season where it's in abundance and mm-hmm, then the season mm-hmm. where it's scarce. Yes. Right? And usually during the scarce periods, the price shoots up. True. So what if we had tomatoes that could last throughout the season? That mm, once it's harvested, you can store it for a long time during the scarce period and then use it when there is you know the tomato is scarce and they've actually identified a gene that um, is able to prolong the shelf life of the tomato mm, or interesting. Plant. okay so with gmo gmo will now be introducing that gene into the dna of the tomato mm. And then gene, now gene editing uh, mm-hmm, okay. would be we'll take it out just yes take it out that okay. means you don't introduce anything into the gene you take out you the, just, the faulty gene exactly okay let me let me ask and you th- let me ask you this mm-hmm. let me ask you this um so when when that is all that is done uh, um who you're talking about corporate interests and which i very much mm-hmm. agree you, you know like i always say that when there's when there's propaganda or like there's a whole like campaign against something i always tell people take your time and assess and listen to both sides and that's one of the reasons why we are doing this because everybody seems to have an interest in the matter and there's always an interest group on on both sides and and so um for people like us we 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 try to stay in the middle because at Mm -hmm. every extreme someone has an interest right so um like you talked about like there's a whole industry around pesticides and all these um uh, synthetic Mm -hmm. fertilizers and all of that there's a whole industry around that 
Um, but on the other hand, too, if I mean, when when GM or GMO um, seeds or whatever are produced, who then owns the seeds? Is it the farmer or is like a corporation? Who who owns the seeds? Okay. So um, yeah. So this will actually bring us to the plant breeders bill. Okay. Or the plant variety protection bill, mm. which actually was passed, I think, in twenty twenty. All right. Okay. So. Like you said, usually when it comes to a discourse or discussion, I don't like to take um, polar, you know, mm. I like to be in the middle. Mm. So you look, you listen to both. You cannot have a discussion with someone who has already made up their mind. Exactly. You can exactly. only argue with them. Yeah. Which is, it doesn't profit anybody. Mm. So when it comes to the discourse on GMO, I think it's good when everybody comes with an open mind. True. And then, you know, whatever your fears or concerns are, you ask and then we are able to reach a consensus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so for the So who owns leaders, the seeds? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not the seeds per se okay. that is owned. Okay. It's the technology. Okay. Okay. Yes. So for example, let me take it. You know, biotechnology is something that is applied to every area, okay. not just um, agriculture, medicine. Mm-hmm. You find it in medicine. Mm-hmm. You find it in the it's a fuel, even fuel industry. You know, now we are producing um, biofuel. Yes. And I think, I, I'm not sure, but I heard of um, producing fuel from algae something like that okay so you know now we because we want a more sustainable world we are looking for alternative means of doing things right so with what happens is that if you take the pharmaceutical companies for example Mm -hmm. when they come up with a drug okay they 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 have patents to it that's the exactly royal. yes so, exactly yes. that's that's why i mentioned the seeds and all of that but you yes. are saying that is the technology they are going to patent not it's, the seeds yes not the seeds itself so for example the seeds will be made available to the farmer or to whoever needs it mm-hmm. but then you have to the person who came up with that technology because you know it's like i said it's something that evolves time it's mm-hmm. something that evolves money mm-hmm. And somebody can spend their whole life to develop a variety. So even this whole plant variety protection is not really focusing on just GMO. Okay. People who traditional plant breeders, that's people who go the classical way mm-hmm. where you have a crop that is resistant in this disease, mm-hmm. but then it is not tasty. And then okay. you have a crop that is tasty, but is susceptible to a disease. Mm. So, you know, we have what we call pollination. We have mm. cross-pollination. So you cross these two um, individuals mm. to come up with a new offspring or a hybrid that has the good taste and also the resistance. Mm. So even that uh, form of crossing is a technology that's being used, you know. And it's something that actually the traditional way of breeding or coming up with new plant varieties it takes years mm. between 10 to 15 years before you can come up with a variety okay and by the time you even come up with the variety mm. you know with this whole climate change mm. so now the objectives you 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 were breeding the plants for disease resistance mm. maybe disease in the particular fungal mm. uh, you know infection Mm. But then, by the time you come up with a variety, a new disease has come up. Okay. Because it takes so many years for you to come up with just one variety. So, the plant breeders bill or the plant protection bill, it's supposed to be like a form of incentive for the researcher. Because they they spend so much time and energy and money into research. They have to get something. Mm. Yes, so, that would also that would even fund further research. 
I, yeah, I get so, that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but you still don't answer the question of who then owns, okay. yeah, who then owns the actual seed because you're saying that it goes to the farmer but then in terms of i'm sure there are aren't there no i'm not i'm sure aren't there clauses that state that maybe this can be reproduced if i make a song for example um, the same the the same principles of copyright in a song i can say mm-hmm. you can't play it at this place you can't play it at that place but that's a song that's a creative um um property right but this is like yeah this is a fundamental human rights like that's food food is a fundamental human right right so then yes how then is it like uh, monitored no, okay, so in that what we are saying yeah. is for you are you 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 have access to food so the seeds farmers have access to seeds mm-hmm. they store they plant for the next day they store but mm-hmm. then now we are coming with improved seeds mm-hmm do you get it? so yes i do mm. you get the improved seeds but at a cost do you get it and you because it takes like i said most of these um research requires mm. funding true i get that so yeah. yes so we are and the whole process or the whole um point of coming up with improved seed is for the farmer and the consumer but but so you do you, whole, you do mm-hmm. see why once again about corporate interests you do see how mm-hmm. problematic it could be at a point when someone decides to weaponize like things like that like food right because um mm-hmm. i don't want to re- maybe i don't want to give this improved seed to maybe this person or this country or this you do you do see that how that could be a problem can't you or don't you or or you don't think it's not but but that person will not be the only one producing the Ah, okay i see what you mean so yes it's it's a competition okay right okay 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 so actually actually Mm. that even makes people or makes the research Mm. institute or private company wants to come out with better seats because he is not they are not the only ones coming up with an improved seat okay and this is why the government is is the the role of the government is very to regulate right to regulate okay and okay. aside that we have all these you know in ghana actually in ghana we don't really have many private seed companies most of the uh plants varieties is mm. from these government institutions like mm, mm. csir True. like mm, mm, sari mm-hmm. uh-huh. so actually and if you listen and um, if you i don't know if you followed the budget for 2023 the ministry of science and technology mm. allocated only 0.1 percent mm. that's 0.1 percent of to the research. entire budget into research yeah which is woefully inadequate yeah. which is terrible yeah because for a country to develop is through technology innovation true that is why we have all these um you know developed countries because they invested in research in technology mm-hmm. and in innovation so if the government is like if you really really um care for the development of your country research should be your it's like i mean it should be a top priority mm. okay. because sorry sorry please go on yes it's with these research that you can fund projects for mm. your own people so if they are worried about private companies coming into the country to weaponize foods why don't we fund our own research facts okay that's okay. and you know that this one is regulated by the government so mm, mm. the fear of you know this whole corporate body is trying to um make profit out of the poor farmer you are able to get rid of that okay but because our countries are not investing in research that is why it seems like we are the mercy of all these companies okay all right um do you still last two questions um will you eat 
GMO as an individual, do is it something you would consume or you do consume? Is it something you do consume? Yes, I would. You would, okay. If I knew it was GMO, uh, because you know it's it's not different from the normal plants. So let's take for example, okay, if you knew you knew that the yeah. the particular and it's, like I said, it's something. Um, that we have been doing for a long time. It's not new. Okay. The only thing is that now we are more precise and we are more direct because we are working at the genetic level. So before, what the farmer would do is that he would cross this plant with this plant to get mm. a better plant. Mm. What you say Naturally, is plant is plant breeding, not genetic breeding, right? No, no, plant breeding. No, you know. Okay, let me explain it this way. So, plant breeding is an umbrella. Mm-hmm. And oh, okay. what plant breeding does is to come up with new plants, new and improved plant varieties mm. that benefit human beings. Right. And to achieve that, we have several tools and techniques and methods to achieve that. Mm. We have what we call classical plant breeding. And that one I explained. You've explained as, that, yeah, yeah. Yes, I've explained that. So, and you know that actually when you are crossing, it's actually gene transfer. Oh, okay, okay. Then that explains it, okay. So when you're crossing, yes. it's gene transfer, okay. Yes, because okay. what is what is uh, pollination? Is when pollen is taken from the anther. Mm to the stigma of a flower and you know that the pollen is the male gamete true true okay i see what where you're going with this exactly so once it's a a sexual thing then it's genes are transmitted right exactly oh okay that makes sense okay exactly because you you want a trait okay and that trait is you know is is because of a gene which is expressing that trait Mm. Yes. Mm. So classical breeding is also transfer of genes and like I said, manipulation of genes, but not at the genetic level. It wasn't precise. So for example, you you make a cross. You have several progenies from the cross. Mm. Not all of them would have the trait that you want. Because okay. like I said, um we just what we just rely on the natural principles natural genetic principles you mm. cannot go outside genetic principles okay and we have genetic principles that says that you know um, genes are sort independently is random the assortment mm. of genes is random mm. for example you you cannot um giving birth to a boy or a girl is 50 50 but the fact that it's 50 50 doesn't mean that if you give birth to the first child and it's a boy the next child will be a girl no mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. can give birth to 10 children and they're all boys it's okay. probability okay okay so that's the same thing when you, when you cross and you want a particular phenotype or a particular combination of traits mm. it takes years because it's probability you so it probably for example if the traits you're looking for you want more than one trait in a plant mm. So sometimes you even have to cross three different plants or you can oh, cross okay. two plants, one with two traits and then one with one trait. And then when, when you have your progeny, you realize that some have one trait and don't have the other. Some might have mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. and not have one. So then mm-hmm. that means you have to keep crossing, crossing, crossing. To so it's more like trying. Exactly. Okay. But All then right. what? Sorry, please. Okay. Yes, then let's so, wrap. Okay. Sorry, what GMO does is instead of crossing and then waiting for the probability of getting this particular combination, mm. we know the genes that uh, um, confess this trait that we want. Okay. So we'll just take this gene, take that gene, and, and then insert together. it into the plant. Exactly. Ah, okay, okay. Because okay. that's basically what you are doing. Okay, so no negative but, effects you are saying. No negative effect. Okay, you're, so you're, that's where I was saying that. Or no negative. It, yeah. It, that's okay. where. Yeah. So there is like there is a trade-off kind of. Okay. When you are 
the, the process of GMO, what we do is that to introduce the gene into the plant, you have to, they usually use uh, bacteria. Okay, because you know, bacteria, I don't know, it self-replicates. Okay. It divides, yes. So it's, it's a process we call cloning. You clone the gene. Oh yeah, the female clone the, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so anyway, if yeah. I have, uh, I like tomatoes, so I keep using okay. tomatoes. If I have a tomato plant mm. and I want it to be resistant against a particular insect, mm. And then maybe, for example, let me take uh, sorghum or let me take maize. Let's say maize has the resistance that I want, mm. right? So I will take the gene in the maize that mm. confers this resistance. I would make I would make copies of that gene. And you know, the way we take the gene is that you extract the DNA. So you, you, you can take maybe the leaf you can take you can take any part of the maize plant to extract the DNA. Okay. And then once you extract the DNA, you copy the particular gene that you want. You make copies of the gene. Okay. And then you insert the gene into uh, the DNA of a bacteria because the bacteria is able to self-replicate or multiply mm. once it is cultured. So. It makes copies of the DNA, mm -hmm. and then you now introduce that into the plant. Okay. And you can introduce, yes, you introduce that to the plant cells. So the bacteria then now transfers the DNA that was copied mm -hmm. into the plant cell, mm -hmm. and then it gets integrated into the plant. So what's the trade-off? Yes. So the trade-off is. To do this, we, are, we want to um, identify the cells that were able to successfully get integrated. And to, to do that, they use um, markers, what we call markers. So the markers will tell you that this uh, transfer of gene was successful or not. Mm. And some of these markers include antibiotic resistance. So what we do is, to be to identify which genes were able to uh, integrate into the cell of the bacteria, we add antibiotic resistance genes, and then we place the bacteria in an antibiotic. And the bacteria that die off or do not have the resistance, the, the ones that don't have the resistance, they die off. And it tells us that those that died off do not have the gene that we want. But the ones that survive have the gene that we want. And mm. this resistance is also integrated into the plant. So the fear is that, you know, cross-pollination and all that. So the wind might carry pollen from a plant that has GMO and this antibiotic resistance marker into a non-GMO plant. Oh. and then cause it to yes that's one of the fears the next one is that the antibiotic uh, resistance can be transferred to the bacteria in our guts or in our stomach oh, that's interesting yes and so we are afraid that it's going to cause the bacteria to be resistant to future antibiotics and there's also the but, that, but you, um, you 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 heard about the microbial resistance recently, right? Um, resistance to like to antibiotics. Like, I mean, like so the recently. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I mean, yes, I'm, it is a problem. Okay. It is, and that one is because of uh, mismanagement of the antibiotics. Okay, that's a not, medical thing, not because of GMO. Yes, that's okay, a medical okay, thing. Okay, that's okay. not yes. So actually, all these fears, they are yet to be, like, we, we still, I get you. I'm yeah. sure there's research, uh-huh. Okay. They are fears. Okay. So okay. research is to be done because they are potential. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. So until then, we until we are very sure, we need to tread with caution. That's what you're saying. 
Yes. But so be open-minded to the idea that GMO could could solve um, food security problems, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. Interesting. Okay, let me ask you this. This will this how we wrap up. Uh, prior to the development of the scientific method, which you which you scientists use, right? Um, a lot mm-hmm. of science w- was merely conjecture or like mere observation, right? Um, now we do have a bit of structure, um, but we're told recently, for instance, that Pluto is no longer a planet. That's something we've known for a long mm-hmm. time. <laughs> and we wake up one morning and we're told that, hey, yes. <laughs> screw all of that. <laughs> there's a new there's a new order in town. You know, how, yes. why should we still believe in science? Well, huh. so, okay, let me ask this question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to believe in science. What do you want to believe in? That's a good question. Well, the thing is, okay, me coming from a Christian perspective, right? Mm. So, I'm a scientist, but I'm also a Christian. So, I I believe that science is just a tool uh, we use to help us understand the world around us. True. And we are human beings. We don't know everything. True. Okay. So, the ability to accept the fact that we are only human mm. and we don't know much should guide us in our scientific discoveries okay. okay so that we don't act as if we know it all and so we you know things no we don't know it all even we don't know most of the functions of the gene we don't know them so mm. still and discovering. Some genes, mm. yes we are still discovering them okay, okay. so with GMOs, actually, we also we 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 does it's one of the most regulated scientific uh, technique. Okay. Currently, because we have, before you come up with a GMO variety, you know you have to grow the plant in a confined space. You have to do so many tests. Mm. You know we want to see if the gene that has been introduced will have any allergic. Uh, reactions, people who have allergic reactions to mm-hmm. it. So you do all of these tests before you finally come out with a product that says GMO. Mm-hmm. So it's right. not something that is just concocted in the lab and then released into the market. No. Mm-hmm. So a lot of safety checks are put in place. Okay. And it's like with, with every technology, like I asked before, if the internet, you will say the internet is bad. It's not mm-hmm. bad. No, it's not. It's, it's not. It's not. What it's used for and how it's used. Mm. So there should be regulation. Right. You know, now with the internet, we have this main or major fear, which is privacy. Mm-hmm. True. It's, it's a huge it's issue. A huge, so yeah, huge with, issue. Yes. With every technology, we have, like I said, there are trade-offs. So you just have to weigh the pros and the cons mm. and then tread lightly. Okay. Knowing that we don't know everything. Mm. No, I, I like I like yes. that point about not knowing everything. I think the the so I'm a huge believer in science. Like, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. um, but I ask these questions because um, I think that needs there needs to be like balanced discussions about these things. Um, but I'm a firm believer. I'm like, um, mm-hmm. I really can't stand ignorant arguments, right? About especially from people who know next to nothing, who have. St- I have very little knowledge of science, so I don't trust people like that. That's that's, that's something I need to say. Um, yeah. However, I think that in listening to both sides, I think both sides um, don't listen to each other, and both sides need to listen to each other. And yes. um, and that that sort of improves the discourse and makes it like more like makes everyone mm-hmm. more informed. And so I ask these questions from that point. But as a, as an individual. Um, so you can see a lot of what today is like um, uh, playing the devil's advocate. But as an individual, I'm a firm, be- firm believer in science. But I think that, like you said, I think that point sums everything up. That there needs to be this um, um, humility from scientists that they don't know at all, right? And they they are learning yeah. as much as we are learning maybe they are a bit more ahead of us uh, but then they are they are learning as much as we are and i and i do appreciate 
a few um, scientists I've, I listened to who who seem to have that um, even without a faith point of view seem to have that uh, humility towards science because it's 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 really a, and I think the propaganda like growing up from sci-fi movies and um, mm-hmm. and and Dexter's Laboratory and <laughs> Mojo Jojo and all those characters and stuff like that yeah. it gives us this impression that okay. You're, you're all are up to no good <laughs> you're just you're, you're just some weirdos doing your thing but then i i yes. I, 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 I really believe in in science anyway i appreciate your time thank you so much for uh joining okay. us and uh, for giving us your time okay any thank final words and, um, yes so um actually i just i wanted to make mention that with gmo there's a way you can uh, get rid of the foreign gene. Okay. So in the end, you still have a product that even though has been modified genetically, it's you've been able to get rid of that's the foreign gene from the bacteria. You're able to get rid of that. Mm. And so right now, because of this whole concern with GMO, scientists are now focusing, like I said, on gene editing and on especially on the technology referred to as CRISPR. I don't know if you've heard of CRISPR. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Yes, yes. So um, that would be something that you could maybe in your next uh, podcast you could venture into it. Okay, well noted. Yes. I appreciate okay. your time, um, Joy. Um, have an amazing day. Um, once again, it's a mashup two three three podcast and. You can follow us on all our socials, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and keep the conversation going. If you have any questions, you can DM us and we'll be we'll, we'll, we'll throw them to, to, to Joy. So take care. It's a wrap up on the mashup 233.